So this morning, we're going to wrap up this series that we have been on for the last uh, weeks of December, Small Christmas, Big God. Before I really get into that, one of the things I wanted to tell you about is normally when we do our online service at this time every year, uh, we like to take the opportunity to highlight some of our ministry partners uh, that mission supports, uh, whether that be uh, an organization that does foreign missions or even local uh, ministries within uh, the Stanley and Cabarrus County area. But we're going to do something a little bit different this year. Coming up in just a few weeks on January 21st, that's going to be a Sunday evening. We're going to have an evening of worship and missions. And one of the things that we want to do that evening is to highlight uh, some of our ministry partners and to have them here on site with us for you to be able to hear from some of those partners, for you to maybe ask questions, uh, if you may have any about those partners, uh, how you can support uh, some of those ministries within the community, but then also how you can potentially be involved. One of the other things that we're going to have available that evening are opportunities for foreign mission trips that will be coming up in 2024 as well. So if that's something that you've thought about, if that's something that's been on your mind, uh, this would be a great evening to be here uh, because we have a couple of different uh, ministry partners that are going to be here to talk about opportunities uh, to go outside of the United States and be a witness and be the hands and feet uh, of Jesus in places uh, that so desperately need it. So today, as I mentioned, we're going to finish up this series that we've called Small Christmas, Big God, with today being the 31st, uh, you know, at least until tomorrow, we are still technically in the Christmas season. And I had something that I thought about uh, as I was working on this message that I wanted to, uh, to uh, for us to think about together as we close out a year and as we look into a new year. I think that God has wired within us that there are certain times of life, uh, certain times throughout a year, and certainly as we go into a new year, this is one of those times that we have an opportunity uh, to take a breath and to just maybe evaluate a little bit, like how did this last year go? Uh, what things do I want to continue to do? What things did maybe I let fall off of my uh, priority list that were important, uh, that were necessary, that were needed, and maybe I need to bring those back uh, into a part of my daily or weekly or monthly routine? Uh, and this message today is, is really going to give us some, some handles on how to think about a couple of things. But let me read uh, a, a couple of verses to you. This is out of Ephesians chapter 3, uh, because we're going to be talking about some small things that we can do that will actually lead uh, to some um, big results, if you will, as it relates to our relationship uh, with God. And Paul really frames this well for us when in Ephesians 3 he says, when I think of all of this, now what is all of this? What he has just been talking about is uh, the masterful plan of how God instituted the church uh, in, in, of which Jesus is, is the head of that church and, and, and how he has included people 
in that plan. And he's writing to the Ephesian church to remind them that they are a part of something way bigger than just uh, their, their own spiritual community or their own city or their own region. That they're a part of something that, that, that God put a, a plan in place generations before that had led up to this. So that's what, uh, in a nutshell, what Paul is talking about when he says, when I think of all this. He said, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious and unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Empower you with inner strength. Strength. I think that's really, really important. Now, within the context of, of what's going on, um, Paul is always reminding people that following Christ is hard. That, that following Christ is not something that is easy. That, that there is a cost to being a Christ follower. And so uh, one of the things that Paul is saying here is that, uh, that you would be empowered with inner Strength. That's much different than our physical strength. It's much different than our physical abilities. And so he's saying that the Spirit would empower you with inner strength. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. So again, what he's saying is that uh, trust in Christ, that is what leads to him uh, having a home in our heart. We trust in him for our salvation. Uh, we trust in him uh, to lead us into things that are for our good, uh, to lead us into uh, the, the places that, that reflect his will for our lives. But then he says, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. So he's already talked about inner strength. Now he's talking about being kept strong. But how are we kept strong? When our roots grow down in his love. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep is his love. May you experience the love of Christ. And, and, and I like that word in the New Living Translation because it's not just like may you, may you think about the love of Christ, uh, may you know the love of Christ, but, but may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. To experience it means that we're going to find ourselves in places, we're going to find ourselves in situations uh, that we experience that love. We, we know uh, because we, our roots have grown down into him uh, that we experience the fullness, the magnitude of God's love. And he finishes by saying, you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So Paul is saying the, the, the power that, he t that he's talked about and life, he mentions those two, they both come from God. So if, if there's a, a power that we need uh, in order to live life on this earth in a very dark, in a very challenging, uh, in, in sometimes a very threatening world, then there's, there's power. But then Paul is saying that fullness of life only comes from God. 
And, and so uh, a lot of times we're challenged to think like what makes someone feel alive? What makes somebody feel like they are living a life, a life that matters or, or a life that's exciting or a life that's important or a life that will be remembered? Uh, we're not going to find the fullness of life unless it comes from God. So what Paul is, is writing here uh, gives us the opportunity to think about some small shifts that we can make in our spiritual lives that will have really big results in, 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 as it relates to our relationship with God, the roots that are growing deep, the power that is there, the life that is made available to us. Be, and one of the reasons I think we can think about it in terms of small shifts is because sometimes like when, when we realize we need to make a change, and, and we want to go all in on that change like we just go we just go all in and and sometimes we we go from from nothing to a lot we we go from from little to a lot and 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 we're not really prepared for that we're not necessarily ready to take those much bigger steps because sometimes we need to start small and oftentimes we underestimate over time what happens when we make small shifts. It doesn't have to be big monumental changes at one time. It can really be just some small shifts in our thinking, in certain things that we do, and that's what we're going to talk about over the next few minutes. The first thing that I want to talk about is shift your source. Shift your source. Now, we hear the word sourced a lot right now. Uh, is, are we going to a restaurant where uh, the food is, is naturally sourced? Is it locally sourced? Is it organically sourced? You know, like what is the source of, of what it is that we're consuming? What is the source of what it is uh, that we are eating? You know, a lot of times when it comes to strength, listen to what Paul says. He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. One of the things that we have a tendency to do when it comes to strength is we try to externally source something to generate a level of strength. So think about some of the changes uh, that you may be wanting to make in your life as you go from 2023 into 2024. Like, are, are you thinking about willpower? Like, I've, I've got to make myself do this. I've got to make myself make these changes. I've got to, I've got to do something different, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after it, and I'm going to go after it hard. And oftentimes when we do that, we're trying to externally source strength into some kind of change that we want to make in our life. But what Paul is saying is that strength is spiritually sourced. It's a spiritual source. So in other words, when we spend time with God, when we listen for his voice, when we seek his presence, that now we're starting to draw strength from something that is not of our own 
making. That is incredibly important. And it doesn't matter if we're talking about deepening our spiritual uh, roots, trying to make a trying to make some healthy changes uh, in 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 life. Um, may, maybe it's trying to make some financial changes. You know, whatever those change, changes may be, whatever whatever you see those needs are, make the Lord a part of that process. Because there are going to be things that, that you know are right, that you know you need to do, that you know are important, but if you try to do it on your own, you're not going to get very far. None of us are. I want you to think about something called Five Good Minutes. There is a sports show that has been on for, uh, gosh, I don't even know how many years it's been uh, on now, and it's like kind of one of these rapid-fire shows. Like, they've only got like two or two and a half minutes to talk about each topic, and there's a bell rings, and then they switch to the next, next topic. But every episode, they have this one segment called Five Good Minutes. The show kind of slows down, and, and most of the time, it's a guest that they have onto the show, and, it, and they're able to talk a little bit more in depth about whatever that topic may be. If you want to start um, spiritually sourcing um, the, the power and the strength that you need, start with five good minutes in the presence of God. Uh, silence your phone, uh, shut it off, put it over to the side, turn off the TV, d do whatever you need to do to just have five good minutes in the presence of the Lord. Read one or two verses of scripture. Think about that scripture. Think about what it says. Meditate on what it says and what it means. And spend some time um, uh, calling out to the Lord about those things that are on your mind. But also spend a little bit of time just listening. Uh, not, not necessarily praying, not necessarily giving a request, not necessarily saying some of the things that you're hoping for wanting to happen, but just sit in the presence of the Lord. Uh, to take a small shift uh, of where you are sourcing your strength and your power will make a huge difference in your life. The second shift that we need to make is to shift your trust. Now, I know we talk about trust a lot and trust is something that comes up uh, time and time again but it's an important assessment to think about because it's a hard and honest assessment that we all need to make from time to time in our spiritual life do i really trust the lord do i really trust uh, that 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 he knows what is best for me he knows what is good for me do i trust that he will lead me on right Paths do I do I trust uh, that He is with me, that He is there with me and for me? Uh, Paul says in our text, Christ will make His home in your heart as you trust in Him. When you think about somebody making a home somewhere, like they are welcomed in, they are uh, they, they they are able to come in and uh, maybe take their shoes off and you know sit down on the couch, maybe get in the recliner and put their feet up. Like make yourself at home, help, you know, make uh, help yourself to something in the fridge, you know, go, go make yourself a sandwich, you know, make yourself at home. And Christ, uh, Paul says, Christ will make His home in our hearts when we trust 
him. When we don't really trust him, when we're trusting in uh, our own abilities, we're trusting in our ability to, to control the circumstances or the situations, Christ isn't really at home. And what happens is it, it, it creates this restlessness. Uh, we, we become really unsettled. We become really unstable as it relates to our faith. And so a true marker is if you're really trusting in Christ is that does do you do you feel a sense of peace and do you feel a sense that he is at home in your heart so this means we need to actually shift where we are placing our trust so maybe one question to ask yourself uh, what have I been trusting in uh, that that might lead me down a road uh, that is that is not where the Lord would have me to go. It's not that I'm trusting in the Lord. I'm trusting in something else. I'm trusting in someone else. What do you need to do to shift that trust back over to the Lord? And, and as you do that, you will notice that he is starting uh, to make his home in your heart. Another shift that we need to make is a shift of investment. A shift of of investment. One of the things about investing is like when you invest something, you're hoping to get some kind of a return. Um, whether it's a retirement account, um, whether it's property, you know, but we also talk about investing in people like we want to invest in people so that uh, so that they can become all that God has created them and called them and willed them uh, to be. If, if you're a gardener and you like spending time outside, you and in, you invest in that in that piece of dirt and in that piece of ground and and you cultivate it and you water it and you fertilize it because you, you hope that the fruits and vegetables that that come out of that will feed family and 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 feed friends so so when we invest in something we we hope to have some kind of a return out of it listen to what paul says he says he he prays that they, that the the people of ephesus that their roots will grow down into god's love and keeps them strong this is another really good opportunity to, to challenge all of us to think about how much time uh, are we really giving to our relationship with God. And I'm not talking about being at church, which that is important. I'm not talking about the serving thing, uh, the serving piece. That's really important. You know, I, I'm, I'm not just talking about being in a small group with other people. That's really important too. But I'm also talking about that time that we each spend with the Lord at some point throughout our day. Oftentimes what we end up doing with our relationship with God sometimes is we're not treating it as an investment that I'm going to invest this time and invest my heart and invest my focus into the Lord and then and then hopefully, you know, I'm going to be able to see what comes out of that investment. Sometimes we treat our relationship with the Lord like a vending machine. And, and so what happens is like when a need arises, like we go up to that vending machine and we make our selection and, and, and we, we hope that we pray the right way or, or, or show God that we're serious enough and whatever we need will kind of drop down to the bottom and we can take it out and, and, and somehow that, that things will work out the way they are needed. The problem with that approach is that we don't get roots that grow down into God's love if we're, if, if, if we're treating our spiritual lives like a vending machine. We really need to treat it like an investment. 
that we make small investments over time, continually, consistently, over time, so that our roots will grow down into God's love. And Paul says the result is that you'll be kept strong. You don't know what challenges you're going to face this year. None of us do. Uh, when we, when we uh, hit uh, the, the reset button and start a year all over again, we don't necessarily know what challenges uh, are going to come um, are, are, are going to come our way. But one of the things Paul says is that, is that as our roots grow down in God's love, that we will be kept strong. So whatever it is that you might uh, encounter this year, whatever it is that you might face, by making those investments in your relationship with God and, and, and really thinking about and dwelling on and, and calling out to, uh, for the love of God, then you will be strong through those challenges. Another shift is that we need to shift our thinking. We need to shift our thinking. Now, there's a lot of directions that we could go with this because we have so many different uh, things that are pulling at our attention uh, from the world and our culture and our society. But, but, but here's where I want us to, to focus in on this idea of shifting your thinking. Listen to what Paul says. Have the power to understand, to understand how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. One of the things that's so true about us is that oftentimes our emotions can cloud our thinking into what is actually happening around us. Now, there's nothing wrong with emotions. God created us with emotions, and there's times that we will be angry, and we will be sad, and we will grieve, and we will laugh, and we will have joy. We will, we will have questions. We will be frustrated. I mean, the emotions run the whole gamut. God created us with those emotions. However, the Word of God is also very clear that our uh, standing with God, how we think about our relationship with God, is not based on our feelings, that it should be based on what we know God's Word says about who God is, about who I am, and, and, and what God thinks about me. If we let our emotions get too far into controlling what we think, it's going to be really easy for us to think that God is angry with us because something's not going well. Uh, God isn't with me because I don't feel his presence close. God has pulled away from me because he doesn't answer my prayer. You know, God, I, I'm, I, you know, whatever the situation is, if we let the emotions take over, then we totally forget what God says, uh, what, what God's word says about where God is in the midst of every single situation of life. And so I start to feel that God doesn't love me. I start to feel that God isn't there. So what we need to do is we need to shift our thinking and, and to take in what the Word of God says and so that we can really live with exactly what Paul is saying, that through the Holy Spirit, we have an understanding of how wide and how long and how high and how deep God's love really is. It doesn't mean that situations are easier. It doesn't mean we don't face uh, less 
challenges. It doesn't mean we don't have certain times that are tough, but we have a strength that we will be able to endure and go through whatever it is we face because we're living out of a, 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 a understanding of just how much we are loved by God. And that has to be a part of our thinking, not solely a part of our feeling. One of the things about our world right now, and you've probably seen this, experienced this, maybe you've been there as a part of this. Uh, we are in an era right now that facts don't matter. It's, it's what people feel that dictates truth or reality. And so uh, where we continually go, or, or where we're continually going, is that it's the emotion that drives the argument. It's the emotion that drives the platform. It's the emotion that drives the response. And we see so many people demanding other people do something purely out of their emotions, not based on fact not based on truth, not based on um, a, 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 a actual picture of reality. We continually see that in the uh, Israel and Hamas war. Uh, the more that Israel is, is intending to eradicate Hamas so that uh, that kind of terrorist activity is, is, hopefully, um, is hopefully put to bed for, for hopefully years uh, in that region uh, of Gaza. War is hard. Uh, war is violent. War is bloody. I'm not negating that. But there are people that want a ceasefire solely because they can't stand to see the images of broken and blown out buildings, uh, men, women, and children in hospitals, you know, but, but, but what is being missed in terms of the forefront of the argument is that there was a lot of history that got us to where we are and hopefully some moves that history won't repeat itself. There has to be um, some kind of a combination of fact to go along with our emotion. We can't lean on just one or the other. And so all of that to say, let's make sure that we understand just how much God loves us. That has to be a shift in our thinking based on what the Word of God says, not what our emotions may tell us. And then the fifth and final shift is shift your focus. Shift your focus. Now, Paul says this, you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power. And if we're going to understand that fullness of life and power, our life needs to have a certain focus to it. And, and again, I'm not talking about focus on necessarily uh, careers or retirement or anything that we talk about on this world. Because we have given our lives to Christ, our focus is to be on Him first and then everything else behind that. I don't know what you think about this, but I think one of the most interesting checkups that you can go do in, in, in healthcare is the eye doctor. Because nobody else does what the eye doctor does in, in terms of the, the checkup of your eyes. Uh, you sit down in that, um, in that chair and they put that huge thing right in front of you and they're moving this and twisting this and switching this over here and they go, okay, which one is better, A or B? One or two? First 
or second, you know. And so they're always giving you an option, you know. But now the goal is to get your vision dialed in so that you can see your best. Now look, if, if, if one of us was to break our leg and we go to the orthopedic doctor and he says, now which way does this hurt worse? A or B, we're going to take the good leg and kick the doctor across the room. You know, they don't do that, you know, when you've got, you know, a bone hanging out of your leg, when you're bleeding, you know, there's not an A or a B. There's like, okay, we've got to get this healed. we got to get this taken care of. Uh, so that, that, that's one of the things that just is, is always so, uh, in some ways, entertaining about going to the eye doctor because it's like you, you get this choice, but the goal is to focus in and so you can see clearly with what's in front of you. That's really the opportunity that we have. There's a lot of things that we can focus on. There's a lot of things that we can give our time and energy and effort to. But are they the best thing? Are, are, are they the right thing in light of God's will? Are they the right thing in terms of how God is wanting you to live your life uh, on this earth. And so, uh, in other words, like if, if we start focusing on certain things like um, God doesn't become as clearly in focus and so other things, uh, but here's the outcome. Those things that we focus on in the world never truly come into focus either because we're always chasing something that is of this world, not of God, God's making, God's leading, God's choosing. The more we focus on him, the more everything else comes in to focus. There's this great hymn, uh, and, 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 and I, haven't, I haven't heard this hymn uh, in a long time. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. And, and I'm just kind of blanking on the words, but, but one of the last lines is, and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. That's the opportunity that lies before us as we open the page to a new year. And I hope that you will be able to take some of these small shifts of your thinking, of your focus, your source, your investment, and experience something deeper and richer in your relationship with God. And what will happen is you will see God do some big things in your life that may just seem unimaginable right now, that may not even seem possible right now, but you will look back, and it won't be because God did something big. You'll look back to these small shifts that you can make in your life and say, because I did some small things, God was able to do something big in my life. I hope you'll make these shifts going forward. Let's pray together. Father, for everyone that's listening and everyone that has heard your word today, I pray you've spoken to them. I pray they've heard something that they needed very clearly and that they have a sense from your Holy Spirit about what shifts they need to make in their life as a new year unfolds for them and their family. Father, thank you for your grace and your love and that when we focus on you, the things of this earth do grow strangely dim. In your name I pray. Amen.